Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hello, everybody. How are we? We're doing great. Good. This thing's rusty. Disciples of Jesus live like Jesus. That's what we're talking about tonight. And that is what I think Jesus, everyone say, good job, Madison. Thank you. Um, That is what I think that Jesus is saying to his disciples in the upper room of a house at at the last meal that Jesus will have with his disciples before he is crucified. That's the table that we're at tonight. And if any table has ever been turned, it is that one. So in order for us to to truly understand and to really get into the story and to, to see it as we are meant to see it, as scripture wants us to see it, we need to set a few a few guidelines, a few, a few helpful tips for, for what exactly was going on. And to do that, I'm going to need a student. And I've already picked this student, and this student doesn't know they've been picked. Actually, I didn't pick it, so you can't be mad at me. Uh, Mason Williams. Come on up here, dude. Everyone say, hi, Mason. <laughs> you just said, hi, Mason. <laughs> Mason, here's what I need you to do. While I set up a few details about our, our story tonight, I need you to take your shoes and socks off. Cool shoes, by the way. Uh, because you're going to go for a walk in the streets of Jerusalem. <laughs> and I'm going to need you to do it barefoot. All right? So take those shoes and socks off. Start shuffling. Okay? Start shuffling. Uh, thank you very much, Mason. Thanks for being a good sport. And it was Cameron, by the way. Um, so we are at... A meal with Jesus. And while uh, this meal was one of, <laughs> how's it feel? That's straight from Jerusalem. Just kidding, it's from right outside these doors. Um, <laughs> straight up Missouri dirt. Um, but tonight, we are talking about a story in John chapter 13. Now, a lot has happened in the lives of our disciples, right? We talked about a guy named Matthew last week. And last week, you're doing so good. Really get in there. Really get in there. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. You're walking all day, you know. Uh, So we we met this man named Matthew, and he was a disciple of Jesus. He he was called by Jesus to be a disciple, previously a sinner. Now he's a disciple of Jesus. And a lot has happened in Matthew's life since then in our story tonight. Actually, years have gone by. Great work. Um, and, And tonight we actually see Matthew and the 11 other disciples of Jesus in, together in a room with, with Jesus on the last night that he would, he would be with him. And, and so everything that has happened in Matthew's life and all of these disciples' life in the last couple years have been because of Jesus. And this story tonight is because of Jesus. This, this story tonight tells us what exactly it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of him. Now, we're talking about the Last Supper, which is a famous event, and you've probably seen a picture similar to the one right here. It's actually, you know, what our our graphics look like for this series, but let me (laughs) tell you a little hint, not super accurate of a picture of what was actually happening at the the Last Supper with Jesus. You're doing so good, thank you. Um, 
And it's important to know this because as we get into our story tonight, some things will unfold. And I don't want you to picture this. Get it out of your mind. Okay? Everyone go, it's not in there. Yeah, you did it. I'm proud of you. Um, so uh, this, this event is unfolding, and they're at a meal called the Passover. The Passover meal. This is an important point in, in uh, history for the Jews, which, which are the disciples of Jesus, okay? And, and this Passover meal is one that they celebrated every year, right? Like we celebrate Christmas to remember Jesus' birth. We celebrate Easter to remember his resurrection, right? Passover was a meal for them to remember that God brought them up out of a land of slavery. Uh, You can read about it in Exodus, you probably have. Uh, In the book of Exodus, when Moses goes to Egypt and he leads the people of God out, you're doing so good, he leads the people of God out of slavery, out of a place that they had literally been enslaved um, for for years. And so this Passover meal that, that we are seeing tonight in our story, they're celebrating that. They're celebrating something that happened a long time ago, God's faithfulness to them to bring them up out of, out of Egypt hundreds of years ago. But Jesus is going to turn the table. This story that we see about the Passover and past faithfulness, Jesus is going to bring much closer. Okay? And, and as we're reading, I need you to ask yourself two questions of our story tonight, okay? Two questions. Because if it's true that disciples of Jesus live like Jesus, you're doing so good, I'm so proud of you. Uh, if it's true that disciples of Jesus live like Jesus, then I have two questions. Why and how? So as we're reading tonight, as you're looking at John chapter 13, I want you to think about why and how this is possible, all right? Okay, you're doing so good, and you are done. I'm proud of you. Honestly, your feet don't look as dirty as I thought they'd look. Congrats. Everyone give them a hand. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to sit right here on the edge of the stage, okay? Just sit for a second. You're going to be a disciple at the Passover meal, okay? Everyone imagine there's a big table right here, okay? There's a table. And actually, none of you in this scenario would be sitting in chairs. You'd all be laying on the ground with your shoulder on the table, okay? Not shoulder, elbow. (laughs) That would suck. Um, (laughs) Could not eat like that. Um, Okay, so we're all at this table, and there's a meal going on, and this meal is going to last a long time. Uh, And we're going to recount... Uh, this tradition of our family, of our ancestors that were brought up out of slavery, okay? And you're sitting at this table. You're a disciple at this table with Jesus. So let's read. Let's look at, at John chapter 13 and let's see in this story what is happening. You're sitting at the table. This is what's going on, okay? Everyone following? John chapter 13. Here we go. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, I don't know about you, but the thing that's happening in this story is pretty hard to imagine. Have any of you ever had someone that, you know, like your teacher? 
Have you ever had your school teacher wash your feet? Would you ever want that? No, no, um, no. But here, here is what's happening, and, and I want you to understand, because what's happening here, right, is massively crazy, like unheard of. Actually, I looked it up, I researched no other person like Jesus in history, which first of all, there isn't any other person like Jesus in history, but anybody of high statue like Jesus, there is not a single story of anybody in history doing what Jesus did on this night at the Passover meal for his disciples. In this culture, actually, Washing, washing feet was something that even some, even some servants, even some people who were there to clean and, and do these tasks were too good for it. Even those people. And right now we see, and I literally, like I tried to think of things that would like help you understand. And honestly, I was like, I don't think there is something that could help you understand other than the king of the universe, the one who created you and me, washed your feet. And that's crazy. Like, it doesn't compare to, like, some celebrity basketball player coming into practice and only taking stats. It's not that. It's way crazier. That's what's happening right now in Scripture. And it's nasty. Like, these are not the streets of Jerusalem. They're as close as I could get. But, like, streets of Jerusalem, it was, this was before... This was before like indoor plumbing. This was before things that, you know, paved, it was before paved roads for sure. And, and we see Jesus, he was washing very dirty feet. It was, they weren't visibly clean, they were visibly dirty. And this is what the savior of the world is doing the night before he died. You see what Jesus is doing is he is, he's being a servant. He's being a servant to the people who he teaches, to the people who call him Lord and Master, who call him teacher. So why do disciples of Jesus live like Jesus? <laughs> Might seem obvious. Because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done for us, we live like he lived. Because of the example that he set, because of what he did, we live like he did. And one of his disciples, Peter, he was not okay with what was going on. He, it says in scripture, it says, he came, Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then the Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those of you who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew he was, who was going to betray him, and that, he, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. Everyone give Mason a round of applause and Cameron a round of applause. Thank you very much, boys, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we, we have this strange 
interaction, right? Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, known for speaking out when, when, things, when Jesus says something, he's like, listen, I know you always tell me to calm down, but I can't, okay? But, but Jesus, similar to the wedding, you guys, we talked about two weeks ago, we talked about a wedding in Cana, and we talked about how Jesus was looking beyond the, just this moment where he had been, he, he, you know, made water into wine, and he was looking past this wedding to a further away wedding, right? You remember that? Well, I think something similar is happening here. I think that Jesus is looking past this moment, but I don't think he's looking as far past the moment as the end of time. I think he's just looking like a few hours from, from where we are right now in the upper room of a house at a Passover meal on a Thursday night. In fact, I think Jesus is looking to just moments later where when he's when he leaves this Passover meal with his disciples, he will be arrested. He will be beaten. He will be abused. He will be spat on and he will be mocked and then they will hang him on a tree to die. But it's not a meaningless death. You see, he dies for the, for the lives for the washing, for the cleansing of the lives of the people he was sitting around a table with that Thursday night. He dies of the most meaningful death for your sins and for my sins. Scripture tells us exactly why Jesus came. We don't have to guess. It says in Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom, as a payment for many. The word many there, looked it up in the Greek, it's all of us. Everyone, he came and he died, he gave his life for you. He paid for you. Moments later, Jesus would offer up some reminders to his disciples in this moment at this table because they had been eating Passover their whole lives and they had these elements that were always there, right? Like these pieces of the table that were always there. They had things like bitter herb, which is just straight up horseradish, chopped up. Don't ever try it, you will cry. It's terrible. Uh, but to remind them of how they were bitter, how they were bitter towards Egypt, and how they had been enslaved toward Egypt. They had lettuce that they would dip in salt water to remind them of the blood that they put over their doors so that they would be passed over. They had unleavened bread and they had wine. And all of these pieces were always at the table. And Jesus, he takes two specific pieces of these, of these items at the table and he does something strange with them. He, he, he holds up the unleavened bread and he holds up the wine. And instead of saying, remember when God was faithful to you, he says, this is my body. And this is my blood. Remember that I will be faithful to you. Remember that I will lay down my life for you and I will pour out my blood for you. And we call that communion. That's, that's where that comes from. Here at Christ Church, we, we refer to it as Jesus' table. And we're talking about... Jesus' table, like the Passover table right here. And the table that will come in the future that we will sit with Jesus at. 
and we're reminded of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. We take communion to remember that we could do nothing to save ourselves. We could do nothing, a single thing to save ourselves, and we rely on the power, the saving power of Jesus to save us. Don't you see that Jesus actually has to wash you so that you could be with him? Now, I know that that sounds weird, and I don't actually mean literally, although Jesus literally washed the, the disciples' literally dirty feet, right? And Cameron just literally washed Mason's literally dirty feet. But there's something more important happening here. Jesus wants to wash, like, our souls, like our minds and our hearts that decide what's good and right. He wants to wash those things because he has to because we have sinned against him. Some of you have never allowed Jesus to do that. You're like Peter. Either you think, I would never let you do that. I'm too bad. I've done too many things. You wouldn't, like, you couldn't do it. You're not powerful enough. Or you just don't think you're dirty. You're looking down at your feet and you're like, well, I look pretty good. It's fine. Wait another day. I, you have to let Jesus wash you. It says in scripture, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. That's what Jesus says. But one of the more, more shocking things to me in this story is that Jesus doesn't stop there. He actually keeps going. He says, he calls them further. He says, like, let me wash your feet. And then he says, in scripture, it says, you call me, Jesus is speaking. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed to do them. So, we have this strange moment where Jesus says to his disciples, I have to wash your feet. Let me wash your feet. And also, go and wash other people's feet. But the order in which we ask these questions matter. The first question, why? Because of Jesus, we cannot save ourselves. And the second question, which has to come after the first, because if it's not Jesus, then we'll get this one wrong. Why? Or how? If we get this one wrong, how? Then, then we're stuck in this position where we think we can save ourselves just by doing good things. But we, the answer to how is through the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes on in the next three whole chapters of the book of John, he, continued, he says to his disciples, I know you can't do this without me, and I don't, I'm not asking you to do it without me. I'm going to send you an advocate so that you can actually do what I've commanded you to do, the Holy Spirit. How do we do these things? We, with God, we do them with God through the Holy Spirit. And these are, the, these are the things that we are told to do. And let me tell you that they did it. Jesus said to them, do this, and the disciples believed, and they did. In the book of Acts, in the Bible, we have all these accounts of all these different stories of people serving. 
In, the, in chapter four, we have a man named Barnabas who he goes and he sells his whole field. Actually, a lot of people in scripture, it says that they sell everything that they have and it says in scripture that there was no needy person among them. People gave up everything to serve instead of being served because they believed that Jesus was who he said he was and he did what he was gonna do. And that is still true today. Right now, Christians in every continent are bending the knee metaphorically and literally to serve others. Sam and Rachel, you guys know, Sam and Rachel in Japan, right? They left the the language that they knew, their friends. They left their comfort of, of their family here in order to serve and to show people in Japan that Jesus has washed them of their sins. Water gardens right here in our very own town is is serving, is stepping down, and is saying, I will serve the people, I will serve the, the homeless people who live on your street and in your neighborhood, and I will feed them, and I will clothe them, and I will wash them. Not because they think it saves them, but because they know the washing, saving power of Jesus. And so some of you, you need to decide tonight. Some of you need to let Jesus wash your feet. Right? Some of you need to, to say to, to God, I realize now that I need you. Some of you have never done that before. There's gonna be, there's gonna be uh, some time before we, before we worship, before we get up and we sing, where I just want you to sit. There's gonna be some questions on the screen. And I want you to, to pray. There, there are prompts that that I'm gonna ask you to pray to God and, and ask him what it is he needs, he wants from you. Maybe it's that you just let him wash you. Maybe it's that you recognize your need for Jesus. And then some of you, you need to do what Jesus did. You need to serve like Jesus served. You need to live like Jesus lived because you understand that he made you clean. And when you know the end of the story, when you know what Jesus has done for you, you you get to do it for other people. You don't get to save them, you just get to introduce them to the Savior. And so, also during this time, your leaders are gonna have some cards. They're recipe cards, because we were sitting around a dinner table tonight, right? Recipe cards that will help you do something to serve the people around you and introduce them to the one who can wash them clean. So, you have, you have an opportunity tonight. You have a chance to maybe do something you've never done, which is take Jesus at his word, to take him seriously. And when he says, I wanna wash your feet, to let him, to let him cleanse you of all the things you think you don't deserve to be clean, cleaned of. And you also have the opportunity to take up the same work that he began of serving the people, maybe literally right next to you tonight, maybe your neighbor, and you have the opportunity to, to join Jesus in serving others. Because that's, he came to serve, not to be served, and to give his life as a ransom for yours. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for your saving work in our lives. Thank you for washing us of our sins. God, I ask you tonight that you would speak clearly to these students. Uh, 
um, through their leaders, through their peers, that they would begin to, to recognize and understand the work that you have done in their lives through Jesus. And I pray right now, as we take some time just to reflect on the things that, that you're asking of us, God, that, that you would be here and that these students uh, would understand that, that their prayers don't go up to, to an empty sky or, or a ceiling. God, you're here and you are, you are listening and we get to speak to you tonight. So let, let us not take for granted the opportunity of being in your presence. Lord, thank you for Jesus and his saving work on the cross. It's in his name that we pray all of these things. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.